podcast family and welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving don't forget to follow me on facebook at caregiving is a ministry all one word today we're on or in the 38th psalm and i will be reading the new international version it's a little lengthy but i'm going to read it in its entirety lord do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie lie open before you, Lord. My sight is not hidden from you. My heart pounds, my strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Those who want to kill me set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth may offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when I when my feet sleep, slip. For I am about to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity, I am troubled, troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cause. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil. Lodge accusations against me, though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not... Be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord, my Savior. Hmm. Wow, this psalm is a psalm of lament. David is grappling with his own sin or sins and and is expressing his penitence, which scholars group these types of psalms as penitential psalms expressing remorse and penitence for what he has done. Can you hear the hurt in David's voice? I can. His description of physical pain, you know, he said his back is filled with pain, that he's feeble. Then he also expresses his emotional hurt and turmoil at being the mockery of others. Even his friends don't want to be around him feeling of isolation. What I find interesting about this psalm is how David makes the assumption that I think all of us make or have made in our early walk with God. And that assumption is that our sin will cause God to be angry with us and not to answer our prayers and to shun us. Yet we know scripture. You and I know scripture. We know that nothing can separate us from the love of God once we've accepted Jesus Christ, right? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
So we understand that God knows everything about us and that he still loves us even when we sin. And just like David, our sin should cause us to penitence and lament before a just God. But not to think that he's angry and has turned his back on us. That's not what it should do. In verse 4, David speaks to his guilt, which I think is, is good. It means that the Holy Spirit is actively working in David and that David heard him. Because the Holy Spirit is always working, but sometimes we, we grieve him. And when I say grieve, that means that we ignore his promptings and guidance. And then it's just all on us, or at least that's what we think. But a healthy guilt should bring us to repentance. A healthy guilt is a guilt that comes when we recognize that we have sinned, we feel bad, and are disappointed and a little ashamed at our behavior before a loving God. It isn't the guilt that leads to condemnation, but that leads to conviction to do better the next time. And there will be a next time. The problem comes when we as believers think that since we are saved, we no longer sin. That's not accurate. Jesus in Matthew Matthew 18, 15 addresses what to do when a fellow believer sins, which means we're going to sin. John in 1 John 1 and 8 says that if we say that we have no sin in us, we are a liar. So we still sin. But it doesn't separate us from God anymore because we have Jesus. But it does mean that we're not walking in his will. We should remember that God, that Jesus paid the price for all of our sins, right? The ones that you committed yesterday and the ones you're going to commit today and the one that you committed, that you will commit tomorrow. He's done it. He's paid it all. But the Holy Spirit will convict you to remind us mm, that's that's not right let's do better the next time but for a moment let, let's I just want us to agree for a moment let's agree that sin is anything that separates you from your relationship with God anything that um, distorts you know who you think he is and gets you off course from his will It means that you can no longer hear God because you're out doing your own thing. That's what sin will do. And it'll have you crying out like David because you will recognize that you're out of sorts. The issue with non-believers are they're sinning and they don't recognize that they're out of sort with God because they've never experienced the relationship with him. And that's why we pray for them to come into relationship with God. So then once they continue to maybe do a little something, they realize "Mm, this doesn't feel quite right. Why doesn't this feel right? The Holy Spirit's like, because it's not God's will. Oh, well, let me repent so I can get back. That's what it does. But sin separates us at times. It, it, It gets us further away from God so we may not hear him as clearly as we can when we're right next to him. It it makes us distort our view from him, thinking that he's angry with us. He's not angry with us. He just wants us to get back in line. He wants us to get back into the will that he has for us. He wants us to trust him and to be obedient to him. 
right? But when we think of sin, we like to think about the big 10, right? And we should. But I also want you to think about when you're you're speaking unkind words to your wife or to your husband. When you intentionally not help a co-worker. Are those sins? Absolutely. You're treating someone who's created in the image of God as if you created them. That's a sin. And this is why I think, or this is why I love that David in verse 9 expresses how he totally wants to be honest with God. He says he wants to lay open before God. You see, when we lay open before God, it allows the Holy Spirit to point out those things. Mm, You may not should have said that. I don't think that was mm, Christ-like, that particular behavior where you flip someone off when you were driving down the street. That's what being laid open before God does. But when that happens, when you start expressing that, that you want God to search your heart, that you hear the Holy Spirit telling you, Mm-mm, maybe try something a little different. This means that you're growing. You're growing in your relationship when you're being convicted of things that you, being convicted of things that you once thought were okay. That's growth. As a caregiver, you will be challenged and you won't always do or say the right thing. You're human, right? However, you are a human who believes in Jesus, which means that God's spirit lives inside of you and will push you toward righteousness to strive to do better every day. Submit this season of caregiving to the Lord and all of your seasons to come whatever they are, parenting, being a spouse, being a CEO, whatever. And allow his spirit to direct you. And when you fall, because we all fall, go to God, tell him what you've done, confess your sin, and then allow him to renew your heart. It is a process, our growth with God. So don't give up. He's not going to give up on you. Don't give up on yourself. Seasons will come and go. They challenge us and God uses them to grow us. Therefore, in your season, do not think that God has left you or that he is ignoring you because that's what the enemy wants. God already knows that you're going to sin. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus allows us to continually go before God and say, I need some help. I need some help. And the Holy Spirit convicts us. So instead, what I want you to do is I want you to know that God is always walking right beside you. And that if you feel like David did, as he expressed in this psalm, that you're feeble, that there's pain in your back, that you can't walk anymore, that your heart is hurting, ask the Savior to carry you and know that he'll do exactly that. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your spirit, which dwells within us, that helps us to see when we have sinned against you. Help us to not be so ignorant that we think that we do not sin just because we now have been washed in the blood of the lamb. But allow us to be 
open before you to such to allow you to search our hearts so that you can convict us to the things that don't line up with who we are in you things that don't give a good witness to your goodness to the outside world things that we are doing that harm ourselves that cause us not to hear you that cause us not to be obedient to you help us to not be afraid of you afraid of the Holy Spirit as he convicts us but to welcome it and then to walk in it give us a a, a, a spirit of repentance of penitence to come before you and admit when we've done wrong realizing that you love us and that when we come to you and we confess that you're going to forgive us and you're going to help us do better the next time that we are in a relationship with you and we must grow in that relationship with you thank you for knowing that we're not perfect (laughs) and loving us anyway. We love you, Lord. And thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, you go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.